I was resentful coming home. And I didn't want to live a life like that. And I didn't want that to be the role model for my kid. And so the, the final the final straw was I was asked, what's for dinner? One more time, what's for dinner? And I'm just like, I don't, I don't care. I got to the point I didn't care. Figure it out or starve. I'm going to go not here. And I knew that that was not, that's not the person I want to be. I'm- Hello, you are listening to the Late Bloomer Living podcast, where we are reimagining and redefining what it means to be in midlife where we are gathering energy, momentum, and excitement for our next chapter via candid conversations with other midlifers about their own pivots, pitfalls, and triumphs. I'm Yvonne Marchese, your host, and I'm so happy you're here. Adulting can be hard, but you don't have to go it alone. I created this podcast to give you inspiration and let you know you're not alone in feeling stuck in midlife. Both men and women are welcome here, but if you are a woman, I also invite you to join our Midlife Uprising community for women where we are making waves and reimagining what it means to age. Being part of this community for women will remind you on a regular basis that you're not too old and it's never too late to do that thing you've been thinking about. You can find more information at midlifeuprising.com and I hope to see you there. We all have our breaking points, don't we? Have you ever been asked a simple question that sent you into a tailspin? I know I have. For my guest today, that question was, what's for dinner? Melissa Stetcher is a professional organizer, author, and founder of Hopeful Simplicity. She found herself overwhelmed as a parent by the feeling of... It's all on me. She was desperate for a solution, and that desperation was the catalyst for her hopeful journey. And through her journey, she found ways to begin sharing the responsibilities of home life with her son in a way that didn't cause so much stress and teaches him the skills he'll need as an adult. Now, Melissa and her son are living less stressed lives thanks to her 15 minutes a day system. It's one small space at a time. In this conversation, we'll talk about how this moment in her driveway transformed her approach to parenting and gave her a mission to help others and transformed her sense of self. Okie dokie. Without further ado, here's Melissa Stetcher. Let's go. Hey, Melissa. Thanks so much for being with me today. I'm so excited. <laughs> awesome. So my goodness, I, I think the first thing that I want to ask you is, first of all, I, I love the name of your business, Hopeful Simplicity. And as somebody who is organizationally challenged, shall we say, <laughs> Um, I love that you took a crisis moment in your life and turned it into a solution for yourself that you are now sharing with others. And I'm going to let you speak to that a little bit more. Take, Take us back in time. 
to to the to the moment of crisis that birthed what you are doing now with your life <laughs> um <laughs> that would be motherhood <laughs> Sicily 19 wait what that's that's where oh, my brain always goes. That is real. The struggle's real there. I right? feel you. Yeah. The yeah. struggle is real. I think the struggle really started hitting hard for me on a personal level when, okay, so like I work a nine to five, right? And it was, it was outside of the house at the time. I went to the office after I dropped the kids off of school, went to the office, came home, and I don't even have like my bag down, my jacket off, my heels off before it was rapid fire questions. And there were, I mean, there were days where I would pull in the driveway and I'm like, maybe I just stay in my car. Maybe I just, if I didn't have to go in and get them fed before getting them to activities, Right. If I didn't have to not wear my heels to the seven activities we have to go to, this would be that. And there were just, I was resentful coming home. And I didn't want to live a life like that. And I didn't want that to be the role model for my kid. And so the, the final, the final straw was I was asked, what's for dinner? One more time. What's for dinner? And I'm just like, I don't, I don't care. I got to the point I didn't care figure it out or starve I'm gonna go not here and I knew that that was not that's not the person I want to be I'm generally you know very introverted but happy and nice and annoyingly energetic sometimes and I wasn't me yeah you know this because you spend a lot of time with me so it's like <laughs> but that wasn't me and I didn't want that to be me anymore I didn't want to just numb out and hate everything and so I kind of found Jesus within myself and lashed out in my snarktastic, maybe not the nicest kind of way of like, I don't care. Y'all can starve. You can figure it out. Oh, you want that to be clean? I guess you're going to have to figure that out too. And it just kind of came out angry. Mm -hmm. And so slowly over time it came. And there was, the, there was the transition. There was the, Hey, can you do this while I do this? Right. Can you take the trash out while I make dinner? But I also didn't want to feel like I have to justify to the people I'm living with what I'm doing to God forbid, I ask them for help to do anything around the house. Yeah. So over time, I was just like, you know what, you fucking live here too. Why don't you just do this? Because I'm busy doing that. And you want this magical thing to happen called home life. And I'm tapped out. So what key and you, what do you feel comfortable doing is really one of the main questions I kept. What do you feel like you can handle? And how do we start shifting that to you? Laundry, cleaning, you know, caring, <laughs> cooking meals, all the basic things that get us from a.m. to bedtime in, when it comes to home life. Yeah. Man, what what mom doesn't know that struggle? I'm just going to say. Right. I, 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 I do think it is particular to moms. Um, yeah. I'm just going to say that. <laughs> but I mean, we're also, I grew up where mom handled everything inside. Right. And everything mm -hmm. outside was dad's responsibility or my brother learned how to do. And I learned how to do the things inside. I still hate cooking and cleaning. I don't care what body parts I have. I don't like it. It's not, I'm it's not you, in my program. I am with you. Yep. And 
So like we still have those societal labels of expectations of, well, he goes and does a job and she runs the household. Well, welcome to 2000 kids. She goes and does the job too, but she's still expected to have the full-time home job too while he worked for a living and then he has to come home and he did his part. And so a lot of the conversations, even in my, even in my group and thank goodness I'm snarky. It's like, okay, but welcome to today, kids. That's not the, that should no longer be the language we use. And that should no longer be the expectations. And part of, part of the things I say is body parts don't play a part here. They don't. You live here, you're capable of doing cooking, cleaning and management. Congratulations, you're going to be doing cooking, cleaning, and management. I don't care what what below the belt parts you have. Love I'm it. Getting snarky already. Oh, I love it. She's so bringing the fire. She's bringing the fire. <laughs> I love it when you when um you know I I look at some of the stuff that you you'll post on on um social media and you'll ask the question something like is it self or home team? I love this idea of home team you know, that, that, so, so I'll let you, I'm, I'll butcher it. You explain home team to me. <laughs> so the, the general question is, is it home team or just me? So, and I'll ask you when it comes to meal planning, is it home team or just <laughs> me? Can I go to your, your partner go, Hey, what's for dinner on Tuesday? And you're like, I don't know. Ask the boss. Yeah. Yeah. And I have to, I have to give my husband a lot of credit because he does step in, but when it comes to it's, it's kind of like, it's the planning part of it. That's the heavy lift where if I ever ask him to do anything, he's a hundred percent step in, step up, make it happen, you know? Um, but I do feel like a lot of the family planning in general events, keeping track of our calendar, um, you know, it, that comes, that falls to me. How old were you when this, when this come to Jesus moment happened? Um, oh, math. Can we say late thirties? Late thirties. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. So, so here's my question. Cause you know me, I'm all about talking about age. That's what I do. Um, first of all, you're you're younger than me, I think by a stretch. And I, at what point do you think, I mean, do you identify as midlife now? I do. You do. Yeah. And when do you think you, I mean, even looking back on it now, when when do you think you officially joined the ranks of midlife? Sometimes you don't realize it until you look back on it. Um. I think within the last four or five years. So when I was nearing 40, I okay. think it's really when I did that. And part of it is like looking at my family and my history and like my great aunt is 91 and she's the oldest one that's lived this long. So I'm like, you know what? If I make it to 85, 40 is about halfway. I'm going to lose my mind before then. So I'm about there, but I've also dropped more of the expectations and crap that comes with the rest of the world and really just turned inward and so I embrace the concept of I'm past the age to give a shit 
I'm sorry, you're back. I'm that old lady that's backing out of the car. I'm coming out. It's happening. I don't care. So I'm embracing that mentally of like, that's effort and energy. I no longer have that. So I'm out. So yeah. Yeah. And I guess the reason I was asking is because I I mean, for me, 35 is when I had my first kid and, and maybe it's tied to the motherhood thing that you talked about from the beginning, right? Is, is it essentially changed me becoming a mom, first of all. Um, I feel like it's the first time I started really adulting. And let me tell you, I still don't like adulting. It's hard, man. I don't <laughs> like it. That sucks. Um, but I wonder if your your come to Jesus moment might not have been like the kickoff point of hell no, I'm not doing this by myself anymore. And you start to take a stand for for yourself. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's what's possible for us as we get older, is that we we can start to take a stand for ourselves with I more think- clarity and you know, Maybe it brings that we just give ourselves permission to take the stand we wanted to. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely felt like that moment, that pivotal moment for me, not just in the business, but my snapping point in general was my son should be old enough to do these things and start doing these things. When my son was of the age of being active in our home life, I think that was the step toward my own midlife my own uprising in a sense mm-hmm. because that's just like okay now I can be done with that wash my hands of the you know I have to cut your pancakes in the morning now you're more capable now we're both shifting forward yeah I was listening to a podcast episode that you were on with our friend Linda Linda Bonnie, the stories of the Sunday roast and I think one of the favorite things I heard you say about this shift was that it allowed you to human with your son instead of um, all the other things demanding your time and attention, mm-hmm. like sitting down to talk about a book with him. Yeah. Yeah. yeah how, definitely, how old is he now? Still, now he's 14. 14. He's 14, 5'9, 180. And I'm like, excuse me, come down here. We need <laughs> to talk. And it's, but it's still, we still have to, you know, like reset. Even this past weekend, I was like, you're going to have to let me be the mom still. You know, I know we're pretty tight. We're pretty close, but you do have to recognize that I'm the adult in this relationship and I'm in charge. So you're grounded. So, <laughs> and it's, it's ugly conversations, but I love that he still feels safe to talk to me, even when it's hard. That is a massive accomplishment as a mama. And I just want to congratulate you on that. It's hard. We wrote each other inspiring sticky notes this past weekend. So it was super fun. Oh, that's awesome. So tell me more about that. How did that happen? How did that come about? Well, hi, my name's Melissa, AKA Izzy, and I have an attitude problem. (laughs) In case you didn't know. Um, I don't know, something happened and, you know, when you're tired and we do all the things all the time and then we get extra tired and that little list, I roll or we'll send you over. Yeah. That's me. That's, that's totally me. And I stormed out and I mumbled under my breath. Well, he heard me and then that, then he stormed out and I'm like, no, oh, hell no, you're not slamming a door in my house. Right. Like, mm -mm." 
So it's like nine thirty, ten o'clock at night. I'm like, we're having this out, and and so the, he he revealed to me what set him off, and I was like, well, I don't know these. I don't know what I need to work on unless I'm told, right? I don't know what I don't know. And he told me, um, he t- he was talking to the counselor at school during his intermission period, like one day, and he's like, I lost the sticky note she gave me, and I was like. Bro, I got a whole drawer full of rainbow organized sticky notes. What color you want? Let's do this. And so it kind of came out of, you know what? Let's wrap up this evening and write each other a note. Wow. So he he grabbed it and he took it off and he took off to his room and he wrote me one. And then I wrote him one and I've got mine posted on a screen on my desk and his is right by his bed. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I love, I love that that was the way you resolved that and that you guys have that relationship and that you've created that um, openness to be able to, you know, and and it's hard as a parent, isn't it? To say, I don't know what I need to learn unless you tell me. Yeah. So I know I have an attitude. I can be the biggest meanie. You don't know it until I'm already like full force coming at you. And I know I do. And I have yeah. a tone and it's sassy and snarky and sometimes yeah. really rude. And he's <laughs> like, well, sometimes your tone, I was like, I don't know. You have to tell me in the middle of the tone what's going on. <laughs> but it's been like him and I have, him and I are always a work in progress. Like I won't go to bed angry. So he didn't want to talk to me at first. So I just sat down in the hallway right outside his room. Like, I'll just be here. Well, it's because I'm not going to, I'm not going to go like, I don't feel like it's right to go to bed with anger in the house because mm-hmm. you don't know that you're going to wake up. Right. And so it's like, you don't want to talk cool. I'll just be, I'll just be here. <laughs> now I'm on the floor and I can't get back up. So you're stuck with me now. <laughs> <laughs> but that's, I mean, that's part of it. And, and I do remind him regularly, like he has my permission to tell me, I don't want you to respond. I just need to tell you. You know, he has to lead with that. Otherwise it's, it's, you get my opinion and sometimes it's unfiltered. Sometimes he'll be like, I'm going to make you a coffee mom, because I don't want you to respond in this way. You have something. <laughs> okay. So it's the open working on it all the time. Yeah. Wow. You're setting him up so well to, to get out in the world on his own. And that was a big part of your mission, right? Yeah. I want, I want to raise my child to be a productive adult, but I don't want him to think that this is as good as it gets is an acceptable standard. Say more about that. So when I, when I first really snapped and I didn't want to get out of my car and I was resentful, I didn't want him to think adulthood is coming home pissed off. Mm. Or that you like this, uh, you live with these people. It is what it is now. Deal with it. You know, stressed out is normal. Stressed out, stressed out is normal. But handling it and, you know, being comfortable with it and accepting it should be the norm. And not just be like, well, this is as good as a good. I can't make anything. Out. This is what I have. And I'm like, or no. And I want you to think misery is the acceptable standard. Now, if that's what you want to be, cool if you want to reach this level and not your full potential that someone else might see you cool if you think content is fine content is fine for you but I don't want you to feel like content is all there is 
because I don't, I don't believe that you can't live here unless you're like, I'm going to push you. Like I see your potential, whether it's my son or my friends or our entrepreneur group, like I see your potential. Just going to go get it. And then by the time you're an adult, if you want to just max out at contentment, cool. But I don't, I didn't want him to think that that was the must have standard way of being an adult. Hey, we're going to take a quick break here because I want to let you know that this podcast episode is brought to you by Midlife Cues. Are you looking to live life more intentionally and grow personally as you get older? The Midlife Cues newsletter is the perfect solution for you. Every Sunday, you can open up your email to find a weekly newsletter filled with carefully researched resources and tools to help you live your best life. It's written and published by Lou Blazer, who left a successful career in corporate America and now focuses on helping midlifers be truly happy and feel fulfilled in the second half of their lives. You can subscribe today at midlifecues.com. I want you to talk to mom guilt. That's what I want you to talk to is, is the mom guilt that goes with, I mean, I do, sometimes I do things like I do the dishes or I put things away or whatever, because it's easier not to fight, to ask again for something to get done. Um, sometimes it comes from that sense of, uh, you know, if I'm a good mom, I ha- I should be doing this, those old ideas of what motherhood is and how things should be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mom mm-hmm. guilt's real. Like I even still have it. It's just like. Uh, apparently I'm doing it wrong, right? Like that's what mom guilt is. Mom guilt is, I don't want to inconvenience you because this is my job as the female, right? I don't want to add more stress to you when I can just handle it. But it also includes the, I don't want you to do it wrong. And then I'm going to bitch at you because you did it wrong. Oh, the control. The only way. Right. Oh my gosh. Yes. Right. And we yeah. don't, we don't want to accept our own truths of like, maybe I have control issues. Maybe, <laughs> maybe I'll just do it myself because I really don't want to argue with you. And I don't want to take the time to show you how to do it. Cause I'm already freaking tired. Right. Yeah. Mom gate is it's all the layers, but you have to stay very clear. I know I'm very clear that I want my son to be a productive adult and be able to manage his house single, not single, whatever he chooses to be in his status. I want you to be able to be a productive adult and manage your own home. And so as long as I stay focused on that, it really is like, you know what? It's, it's, it's not my business how you clean the toilet. Just get it clean. Right. It's not my business how you put your clothes away. Just put them away. I can help you set that up. So they actually succeed in going put away. Right. And I can teach you how to do it and I can have a checklist so you know what to do. But I have to let go of the guilt of, oh, I don't want to burden them or I don't want them to do it wrong or I don't want to, you know, inconvenience them. They've already had a really long day. They should be able to come home and relax. That that sparky, and you can call it selfish moment. I've been called selfish of, you know, I had a really long day too. Maybe I want to sit down for five freaking seconds. Maybe I want you to play in dinner so I can take my heels off. So here's a question that I've that's been burning in my, my head about, about you is would you have considered yourself to be an organized person before 
this or do you, is it something that you had to um, learn so you could share some organizational skills with your son? Yes and no. I think I was organized in my own way as a child. Oh, hell no. Like I was one of those kids that you had a path to the bed. That was <laughs> yep, me. Me too. Piles. Right? <laughs> right? Like that's the cleanish pile. This is the clean pile. That is the don't smell that pile. <laughs> and underneath that is my homework. Right? Oh like, my God. We had the same room. <laughs> right? <Yay! laughs> but it was, I think the, the biggest learning part of it was it doesn't all have to be the same way. I think that was the learning discovery part that I've been on this journey. And, you know, that is, that is my business. It's, oh, I can do things differently and still be organized. It might just not look like your type of thing, but it's still organized. It's still successful. That was, that was the learning part of it. Part of my brain has always been organized. I just didn't realize it. Like even, even with work, I, I had systems and I had to have the system in place in order to not lose my shit because I can't, I, if it's crazy, it's too much for me. And even discovering that on myself, it's like, why can't I, why am I paralyzed? Oh, cause there's too much and I don't know where to start. And that was a self-discovery, right? Mm-hmm. How come he can't hang up his shirt? Oh, cause he doesn't want to take the hanger off, put the shirt on and put the hanger back. That was a discovery. So I don't and know. If what, what, so what was the solution to that then? So the hangers, the, uh, he actually has boxes. He has eight containers without lids for all of his clothes. He has a no fold system. Gotcha. See, I love this about what you do. Um, is that you've, you, what do you call it? The three S system. Yeah. It's the three S method to simplify, sort, and then sustain and organize life. Gotcha. And I, I love that you've got this whole thing of something I've heard you say so many times, you're, you're not messy or disorganized. You just haven't found your organizing style for success. Did I get that right? Oh my God. I have heard it so many times. (laughs) (laughs) And I hear you say it and I'm like, there's hope for me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. Um, I love that you have like cracked this code. And I think it, it, I have to go back to the whole control issue thing, right? Because I've heard you talk about this a few times that your son has a different style than you do that you've had to, you've had to make yourself okay with, right? (laughs) Yeah, we're total opposites. And I mean, total opposites. And that, that was, Tell me more about the difference between your style and his style of organization. Um, His style is his socks are the clean box, right? Like he's got eight matching boxes. They're giant. They don't have lids. He can just toss his crap in and be done. My socks are folded and they all look like little books and they're sorted by color in their individual sock containers inside my drawer. Oh my gosh. Right. (laughs) That's the difference of like, I know I can open the second drawer right here and my sticky notes are all by size and by color and it's just super pretty. And he was like, where's that office supply box? Found them. I think I I have the same style as your son. We know a lot of people that have that same style. You don't even know it. (laughs) And we call that macro organizing. He needs to put stuff away in one step. 
because he doesn't mind looking for it. And I'm like, I don't want to dig for anything. I don't want to make an effort to find something. I want it to just, there it is. It appeared. Yes. And I love that one of the things that you've talked about in the styles too, is that it could be different. Your style could be different for different things. Like I need to, with, with, um, paperwork type stuff, I, I am much more like put it in its, well, once it gets out of the pile, it starts in a pile. Let me just say that the pile happens and then I manage the pile. Right. But then everything does need to go in to a folder that's marked most recent thing towards the front. I need to know that so that when it comes time to do anything business related or taxes or whatever, I know where that is, you know, Mm -hmm. but on the other hand, like my email, oh gosh, let me look. This will, this will make some people cringe. I know it already. (laughs) Wait, am I some people? Do I need to hit you? You might be, you might be (laughs) my, I have 47,486 emails. (laughs) you just put your hand in your mouth but the thing is is they're there and I know how to search mail so I feel like that is a a, that's like a storage container for me of if somebody ever sent me something or if a company ever sent me a receipt or an invoice or anything I can search mail and poof there's that thing I want (laughs) I wish people could see your face right now, Izzy. By the way, I don't think we've talked about your face yet and what it does. I can't help what it says. I can't help it. <laughs> I can see the horror, the abject horror in your. But that's, your... that's the difference though, right there. Like you don't mind searching for it. No, because I know how. I'll, you know, I've, I know the company I, I bought, booked the trip through and. Nope, I don't want to search for it. That's the biggest difference. Like you have to know, I'm okay taking that 30 extra seconds and putting something and marking it. And cause I don't want to look for it. I need the instant gratification. I need to find it in my hand because that's going to piss me off if I have to look for it. That's the difference. Yeah. It's all organized. It's all in your email. It's all right there. It's all in its own container. That's your macro step. It's yes. all right there. I guess I just love that you have that what you do with hopeful simplicity is show people, okay, well, this is your style and this is how you can work within your style and make it easier for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's not just, it's not just organizing. It's anything like a diet that works for you is not going to be a diet that works for me. Mm -hmm. Right. How you drive is going to be different than how I drive. How I communicate with people is different than how you do it. The same with organizing. You just got to find the right box that you can climb into when you're done. Just get out of my box. Because there's five more boxes in there and they all have matching lids and labels. I mean. (laughs) (laughs) This is. I I, and this is where I want to go back to talking about age. You've come to know yourself, you know. And be able to share what you know with other people effectively so that they can get to know themselves. I just love 
when when people have the story that is like i had this crisis moment and it i i found a solution for myself and now i know how to share that with other people like i like i love that you've turned this into something that helps other people that it, it's not just gold that you kept to yourself you yeah. know yeah because i don't i think it's i think it's our job as humans to help other humans and i think human to human if i can make your life just a smidge or less you want to rip your face off then how can i help oh i have this knowledge i can give it to you and you can implement it or not implement it but now you have the knowledge and i mean that's just that's going to create a more knowledgeable and smarter world we're all going to be a little happier Maybe we'll have a little less hate running around and a little more hope. That's kind of like, I feel like it's my duty. If I can do or help something, it's at no expense because it literally is something that's just stored inside my brain and I know how to do it. It's like walking. Then why not share it? Why not? What have you learned about yourself through becoming an entrepreneur how long is that have you been on that journey now from the time you started with cleaning products to shifting and and changing to what you're doing now it is just over five years just over five years mm -hmm. and so i've learned that people like me for being me i might be sassy and snarky and maybe not your flavor but that's okay because there's people that accept me for just being me Gotcha. So being an entrepreneur has helped you kind of accept, really kind of accept like being comfortable in your own skin. Yeah. Yeah. Being comfortable with myself, my potential, you know, that's really every single day on this entrepreneur thing. I'm learning something more, right. I'm doing something more, you know, two years ago, heck, not even a full year ago, would I've been like, yeah, let me write a book. You're right. Over a year ago, I would have been like, yeah, let me a have book? a membership group. Oh, two years ago, let me let me be a community leader and talk on stages. Holy hell no, no. Right? And I'm like, yeah, screw it, let's do it. Why not? Let's go. Yeah, let's that sounds fine, whatever. So that's what entrepreneur has done for me. It's just like I've embraced openly and accepting me even more. And that's what it is. Do you feel driven? by what you're doing and trying to bring hope to other people through organization, you know, to, to create that home team thing. Is that what's driving you? Yeah. I think, I think what's driving me is I don't want anybody else to go through the resentful. I hate my family because they won't clean up after themselves phases that we go through. And too many of us sit there too many of us think that we have to do it all. I have to do the laundry. I have to do the cooking. I have to run the kids. I have to do the planning. I have to make sure the doctor's appointments are gone too. I have to make sure everybody's fed. And then we have our own layers of that's not even a healthy meal. So I'm a horrible mom because I'm not even feeding you a nutritious meal because we just ripped another freezer pizza open. And you have all these layers. And I want to just help one person at a time go, you know, fuck that. I'm done. Right. I don't, I don't want to live like this. I don't want to feel like I have to do all of this just to be the right mom or just to be the right woman or just to be the right partner. I want you to love me because I'm a human. And then we all do this home thing together. 
I don't want you to love me and I don't want to be here because of how I can serve you or because you don't want to learn to do the dishes. I want you to human, human connect, not service human connect. Mm, I love that. I'll step back down now. Sorry. <laughs> no, bring it, girl. Bring the fire. Um, so I, I, I feel like I've, I feel like I might, this may be the first time I start doing this. This just struck me. I want to know, were, were you ever afraid of aging? Just kind of taking a left turn here. You know, I don't think I ever thought about it. It might be because I don't look my age. I sure as hell don't act my age but I also don't look like anybody else my age. And so I don't, I don't know that I was ever afraid of it. I think I got sparked with a little fear when I was told on multiple days and occasions of it's all downhill. And then my eyesight agreed. And then my body started to agree more. And then I'm having health issues. And I'm like, no, no. Why are we believing this? No, no. I will not accept that as my truth but I can't get up because my back hurts. Right. Like, and so I think the fear only really set in because it's like, well, that's the dumbest thing, but then my body agreed. <laughs> and so now I'm just like trying to see the blessing parts of it. Right. So like, I didn't get these until I was 40, but mm -hmm. damn, I look good in glasses, smart and pretty in glasses. Right. Yeah. Like, and that was like, but it took 40 years for me to fail one test right that's a long time to not fail a test like that's uh -huh. straight A's for a long time <laughs> so I'm trying to see the fun and positive sides of it right about giving ourselves grace and space grace and space our friend our other friend Melissa Wartoff Airy it's her thing grace and space that's that's what we all need a little bit more of oh my goodness this has been awesome I'm looking at the clock going how did the heck did that happen <laughs> I love talking to you. Thank you so much. Thank you. I like it that we had someone on one time. It's very too. nice. Me too. Yay. <laughs> Thanks. And where, before we go, where can people find you? Everything is at hopefulsimplicity.com. Everything we offer, all the services, all the ways to find me, follow me. Can, you, can you real quick talk about your, your workshop just real quick? Yeah. So we, it's, I, I have a workshop that is a live recording available and I need, now that I'm thinking out loud, I need to update that, but <laughs> maybe but the membership is, is what I meant to say. The workshop will lead to the membership. So gotcha. the first step is discovering your organizing style because you're not messy or lazy. You just haven't found your style for success yet. Right. That's your first step. And then once we know that, and even if you don't yet, we do have our membership. We have a monthly membership. We meet the third week of every month and we actually work through your spaces together. Oh my God, it's so much fun. It's it's so much fun. And we, we get to work through those spaces. I got one person working in the kitchen, one's in their bathroom, one's emptying a storage unit. And we've got two new people joining this month. And I'm just like, it's so fun, but it's an accountability group. So you're going to show up. You're going to get a little sassy and snarky, hopeful me going okay but that was your excuse last month now what are we doing <laughs> but it's also holding me accountable I have two major organizing goals for myself this year so I'm showing up with my accountability and my homework done ish but we also learn things every single every single month I'm going to do like 10 to 15 minutes of 
in this particular space, these are the items you're going to simplify out of there. In this particular small space, this is the options for sorting them into your styles. And then in this particular space, these are the sustainable action steps to put in place to maintain that organized life. But I love, I love it. I love it so much. <laughs> awesome. All right. Go find her folks. Hopefulsimplicity.com. Dot com. <laughs> Dot com. <laughs> what a great way to go out. Thank you, Izzy. Thanks. Well, there you have it. There's hope for all of us, and Melissa is living proof. We don't have to live with resentment because we're shouldering more than our fair share of the housekeeping burden at home. Melissa has shown that with communication and planning and a willingness to let go of a certain amount of control over how things get done, we can share the responsibilities of running a home. And you know, I've always told myself that I'm not organized because I have a tendency to let clutter take over and create piles of paper. But now I know that I just need a system that works with my style for organization. It gives me hope to know that if I devote 15 minutes a day to it, I can stay on top of the clutter. If you want more information about Melissa Stetcher or want to get a copy of her book, I will have all the links for you in the show notes. You just go to latebloomerliving.com forward slash podcast and look for episode 134. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you have a fantastic week. Stay safe and well. Talk soon.